everyone, I'm Charlotte. And I'm Dina. Welcome to The Grim Curriculum. So first things first, can we talk about the fact that this is our 20th episode? Yes, thank you all so much for your support over the last few months. And can you believe that it's only been like a few months? Yeah, because when was it? Like February that we kind of started? I don't remember. March was our first episode? Yeah, we started talking and planning in February and then March 26th was when we released yes. the March Ritual episode. So like time flies. Crazy. Well, we've been having a fucking good time doing this so we're kind of excited to see where this goes from here and friends we just want to say we made it through our Luis Garavito series and if you haven't listened to it go check it out so it's just like three parts of absolute terror and horror that's exactly why we decided that today would be an amazing day for a palate cleanser episode and a friendly reminder as always we love getting your episode suggestions so please keep them coming for those of you who are new or just don't know our palate cleanser episodes are one of the more you know we kind of pick up more light-hearted topic you know maybe something a bit more out there We like to do this after we cover someone particularly heinous. And after the last three weeks, you guys definitely deserve it. Yeah, a whole month of, or nearly a whole month of Luis Garavito is enough to make anyone want to eye bleach or ear bleach, I guess, in this case. That's a lot of Luis Garavito. (laughs) It is. Um, But anyway, so this week, we're bringing you another cryptid. We're going to be talking about the legend of the Jersey Devil. (gasps) I'm so excited for this. Oh my, I'm like... You guys, I have been just so stoked for this. So I knew a little bit about this story before we started working on this episode. Uh, But I was a really big fan of like all the Monster Hunter shows back in the early 2000s. And I remember watching an episode where they were like talking to this family and they claimed that this monster climbed up on their roof and left all these hoof prints and stuff. And then when I got older, I learned a little bit more. So I heard the tale of Mother Leeds. And I was really excited to work on this episode and learn even more about this creature because I love it. Uh, There was a show, it was called Scariest Places on Earth, and I remember that because Linda Blair from The Exorcist was the host, and it was like the coolest thing ever. Like, so perfect. Uh, But there was also a show called Destination Truth, and I was obsessed with it because I wanted my own monster hunting show. Like, completely obsessed with this stuff. (laughs) Like, super normal child. Again, this comes up a lot. But honestly, I think I'm still obsessed with this thing because I start talking about it, and as you can see, I can't shut up. Like, I could talk about this thing all fucking day. It's it is a fun one, like for sure. And I like I said before, I think we needed it. It was fun researching. It was fun doing all this. I wasn't super familiar. Like I've obviously heard of it because of the hockey team and everything. I think I want to say I also picked up on it back in the days on YouTube when there was all like the Slenderman videos and all oh, that yeah, stuff, totally. like all of those kind of urban legends. I didn't realize before doing research for this episode that the history goes back so Amazing. far. It's super cool. So this is really an absolutely fascinating story. I think you guys are going to think this is a fun one. It's got a little bit of everything. We got monster sightings, a little bit of uh, demonic possession sprinkled in there, dragon babies, and even more just wildness. Who doesn't love a good demonic dragon baby? Right? The Jersey Devil is legendary in the sense that many people from all around the world have heard of it, but what many don't know is that this is a story that has captivated us for hundreds of years. It really is. Its origins date back to the early 1700s, and the first told story of the Jersey Devil is so fascinating that we could probably do an entire episode on just that. Today we're going to be talking about what this horrifying creature is, as well as where the story began, its place in history now, as well as some theories on what this thing is. Because it's haunted people for years. And there are still sightings of it to this day. Oh yeah, the sightings. I mean, (laughs) there's something else. We're going to get into it. Just wait, dear listeners. So what could this creature be? 
The reports paint a picture of an absolute monster of a being. It's described as a dragon-like creature with a snake-like body. It has the head of a horse, although some sightings report it as looking more goat-like. It also has hooves like a pig, gigantic bat wings, along with a forked devil-like tail. It can be kind of like cute in a way if it wasn't actually so terrifying. It's like a smorgasbord of animal parts just like all mashed together. So, okay, so it can fly. Well, some people have reported smaller wings, but it seems like the general consensus is that it has pretty reasonably sized wings and can fly as well as jump really far. And to understand exactly what the Jersey Devil is, we need to explore where it came from. Because we all love a good origin story. Oh yes, we do. Our tale begins in the year 1735 in the Pine Barrens. And oh my god, what a fascinating place. It really is. Now, just in case you don't know by now, this is a Canadian podcast. We are recording from Edmonton, Alberta. Which is roughly 4,000 kilometers away from the Pine Barrens. So about 2,500, no, yes, 2,500 miles an hour. I was going to say 25,000 and I was like, oh, that's not right. (laughs) So for our American listeners, that is about 2,500 miles So what we're trying to say is that neither of us really knew much about the Pine Barrens other than the fact that it's like an oddly spooky name and there's lots of trees before we started researching for this episode. So that being said, we wanted to start off the episode with a description of the Pine Barrens themselves because it's a pretty captivating place. If you look it up on Google Maps, the satellite images basically show a huge area filled with really dense trees. Really huge. Like it's something like 25,000 acres and the official listing for the area is uninhabited. Which I I mean, if something otherworldly or undiscovered was hiding somewhere, what better place than an area like this where many parts of it are incredibly difficult for people to access? It's really the perfect setting for a story like this because, like, if you think about the cryptids that are found in kind of busier places, I think it kind of leads to the discredit of the cryptid because it's like, well, no, there's too many people. But when it's like a super uninhabited place, it's like, well, sure, anything could be in there. Oh, well, I mean, it's it's like I was thinking about this when I was writing this is it's like the bottom of the ocean. Totally. We don't know what's out there. And there's so many forests like this that we haven't explored every single foot of it. There's cave systems. There's oh, all sorts of yeah, stuff like we don't yeah. know. The Pine Barrens are the largest remaining piece of the Atlantic Coastal Pine Barrens, and they stretch across more than seven counties. It's a huge piece of land. The area is mostly rural, as you might have guessed, and untouched by people, even though it is incredibly close to large cities such as Philadelphia and New York. During the 1700s, the Swedish and the Dutch began whaling and fishing along the river, and it was during that time that European settlements began. And it was around that time that the first sighting of the Jersey Devil occurred. And the wild thing about it is that sighting might not even be the right word because it didn't just appear out of the blue one day. The Jersey Devil was born. So here is the story of the Jersey Devil. Oh yeah. It's time to turn down the lights and set the mood. Grab your blankie and get comfy because it's story time, bitches. It's time to tell the tale of Mother Leeds' 13th child. In the year 1735, in a place called Leeds Point in the Pine Barrens, a woman named Mother Leeds found out that she was pregnant with her 13th child. Which, okay, let's just take a second to say, oh uh, my I god. Can't, I can't even imagine. Oh, imagine being pregnant in 1735 after you've already given birth 
12 times. And that's at least 12 times, because who knows how many times this poor woman was already pregnant. Like, you can see why people didn't live to be older than 30. Like, you would look at a 50-year-old and be like, my god, they're ancient and wizened. Oh, and they have, like, grand-grandchildren. Oh, and yeah. Oh, my god. Great-grandchildren, it, it even. awful. Like, I picture a screaming woman in the middle of, like, a dark cabin being told to bite down on a piece of yeah. wood Ooh. while laying in a dirty bed of straw or something. Like, I could be completely wrong. I don't know anything about, like, birthing methods in the 70s. 1700s but like I'm pretty sure I'm not that far off no you're very much probably not because even today giving birth is very fucking hard it's a bad time it's difficult your life can be at stake mm-hmm. in some cases so like I can't imagine giving birth would be a bad time back then and 12 you know what though after like the third or fourth baby you probably just sneeze and be like oh shoot there's another one I mean probably yes but back to our story dear friends Mother Leeds's husband was a drunk and did little to provide for his already large family. The news of another addition was not happy news. They already had very little and the family couldn't afford another mouth to feed. Mother Leeds, devastated by the news, reportedly cried out, Let this child be the devil! Now that being said, the pregnancy by all accounts was a fairly uneventful one. Time went on, the Leeds family began to prepare for the arrival of their newest family member. On a dark and stormy night, months later, Mother Leeds gave birth to what appeared to be a normal-looking baby boy. Nothing stood out originally about the birth itself, but that would quickly change. Only minutes after giving birth, Mother Leeds, her midwives, and her 12 children witnessed the newborn baby transform into a gigantic winged beast. The baby's head turned into the head of a horse, and its body became covered with feathers, its feet transformed into large hooves. The beast stood up before them and unfurled a large set of dark wings and sharp talons. It looked at them with huge red eyes. According to some accounts, it thrashed around the room while growling and screaming, and it scratched everyone standing too close to it. Others say that it killed a midwife before flying up the chimney and off into the pine barrens. There are even some who say that the creature ripped apart the throat of Mother Leeds and everyone around them as one last punishment for bringing it into this world. That's really fucking intense. Ooh, yeah, that really is. I feel like... Dang. Okay, I have a couple of things here. One... Why are your 12... Okay, fair and You know what? I'm thinking about this. I was going to say, why are your 12 children in the room with you while you're giving birth? Are you, that was probably, like, entertainment for them back then. That, like, I'm sorry, and they like, probably lived in, like, a one-room cabin. Where else are they going to go? Where else like, are they going to go? And it was a dark and stormy night, so they were going to be inside. Yep. They weren't going to be running around. Secondly, if this was everybody's experience... Perhaps someone was just pumping some kind of drug into the air. <laughs> they all ate a bunch of like toxic mushrooms yeah, beforehand. The midwives or were like, here's some painkillers, sweetie, since this is your thirteenth child. Ooh, unlucky number. And then everyone just got high and had a massive trip together. Well, I feel like this was like back in the time where they'd like give you cocaine for the ghosts in your blood. Like it's you Very know much like so. I mean, oh really God. the picture itself is horrifying. I think a lot about the movie The Witch. I haven't seen it, but I've seen the trailers and stuff. I I get the vibe. I love it. It's miserable. Seriously. (laughs) Oh, my God. Like, thinking about being a woman around that time, like, I really don't blame Mother Leeds for not being excited about having a 
13th baby. With your awful drunk of a husband. Yes, that too. Oh my god. There's quite a few different versions of the story. Some say that Mother Leeds actually attempted to raise the monster and would feed it raw meat. Most versions end with at least one person being eaten by it, but they all end the same way, with the monster escaping into the Pine Barrens. You know what the one thing about that story that I wonder? Hmm. If they did try to, like, keep it, what did they name it? You know what it makes me think of is the one um, Simpsons, like, Treehouse of Horror episode, or, yeah, episode, where, like, Bart has an evil twin in the attic. Hugo! Yes! yes! That's exact, that, like, child that lives in the little dragon baby that lives in your attic. Yeah, and you have they to feed, feed it, like, fish heads or yes, something. Yes, exactly. That's what it makes me think of. Oh or, my like, god, that's perfect. Don't worry about your brother eviscerating a pig at the end of the dinner table. That's just Jerry, the youngest brother. Don't worry about him. It's fine. So, in another version of the story, Mother Leeds was a witch and had claimed to those around her that the father of the baby was not her husband, but the devil himself. Saucy. Another version talks about a young New Jersey girl who fell in love with a British soldier, which is so sweet, but the, the relationship was heavily frowned upon and the two were shunned by the community. The girl became pregnant with the soldier's baby and then gave birth to the monster. Nothing sweet about that. Ooh. I guess not. Ugh. There's a lot of different versions of this story, but like we said, they all end the same way, with the birth of the Jersey Devil and with it escaping into the Pine Barrens, where some believe that it lives to this day. And parts of this story have actually been proven to be true. Historians now believe that Mother Leeds was actually a woman named Deborah Leeds, who is married to a man named Jaffet. A will exists containing their names as well as proof that they had 12 children. I was surprised that the name Deborah is as old as that. Like, I, when I think of the name Deborah, to be fair, um, 1985, the song comes to mind. So I'm like, Debbie just hit the wall. Yeah, Debbie did because she had 13 kids and a Debbie demon. Debbie never had it all because they took her demon baby away. Oh my god. However, it's not that simple, uh, and there's many people that believe that the story is much more complicated than that. A former historian theorizes that Mother Leeds was actually based on numerous people from that time, and that her story was more the result of colonial southern New Jersey political and religious disputes, which were really common during that time. It's believed that the story of the Jersey Devil was actually the result of a long-standing rivalry between a member of the Leeds family and none other than Benjamin Franklin himself. Ooh, I bet you guys didn't expect Benjamin Franklin to make an appearance today. <laughs> this theory is a lot less scary and a lot more catty. It's actually kind of hilarious. This is one of my favorite things ever. Benjamin Franklin had this rival who was a guy named Titan Leeds. Seriously, like, this is all true. And also, I like the name Titan. Titan? That's a strong That's name. That's badass. I like Titan. This is by far one of my favorite stories of just, like, historical nonsense and overly petty men. It's next-level drama. Trust us, you guys. Next-level Titan Leeds was the son of a man named Daniel Leeds who came to America in 1677 where he published an almanac and was attacked for his use of astrology, something that was considered evil by his Quaker neighbors. Okay, so first things first, Charlotte, what is an almanac? Right, so for those of you who don't know, an almanac is an annual publication which gives you yearly information about certain subjects such as the weather forecast, farmers' planting dates, and other info gathered by things such as statistical information and sometimes astronomical data. So it's basically a calendar for the year that tells you what the summer is going to be like, what the fall is going to be like, etc., etc. And apparently they're quite accurate. 
I've heard it, and, like, yeah. I grew up in a farming town where you definitely saw, like, the farmer's almanac on the magazine shelf and stuff, so people are still using them. This was a very popular way for farmers to predict what the year was going to be like for them, and it was widely used across the country. Basically, publishing a successful almanac was a surefire way to earn your spot in publication history, which is why Benjamin Franklin wanted in on it. These almanacs helped a lot of people, but they also became a way to spread information about others particularly people that the writer didn't like. And this resulted in some of the very first political attack literature in America. Daniel Leeds accused fellow Quakers of various misdeeds and they were so angry at him that they began to call him Satan's Harbinger. Daniel Leeds published a lot of things that were considered highly controversial at the time and his writing was described as too pagan and blasphemous by the Quakers. They censored his writing and even went as far as to destroy many of his almanacs. But this didn't stop Daniel Leeds, and he continued to write about occultism, mysticism, demonology, and natural magic. Daniel Leeds eventually converted to Anglicanism and began writing more anti-Quaker articles. This earned him some credit with the British royal governor, who was incredibly disliked by the Quakers, and it also made him a lot of enemies. And it wasn't just that people didn't like him. They were completely convinced at this point that he was evil. Eventually, his son Titan Leeds took over writing the Yearly Almanac, and shortly after that, he met Benjamin Franklin, and their rivalry would start. Keep in mind that this was the early days of the printing press. This was how people would communicate their thoughts to one another. So basically Twitter in the 1700s. Seriously though, because this was like an online spat without the online part. The equivalent of two very angry influencers just yelling at each other. Benjamin Franklin was upset with Titan Leeds because they both wrote almanacs. At the time, Benjamin Franklin was starting to really make a name for himself as a publisher. And basically, because Ben Franklin was mad about this, he published a bunch of fake astrological techniques that predicted that Leeds would die in October of that year and began to only refer to Leeds as a ghost. Like, so petty. So petty. This is all completely real, by the way. Imagine, you have this rival who's working on the same kind of thing as you, and then one day he just publishes a thing that everyone is going to read talking about your impending death. And then only referring to you as a ghost from that moment on. There's Petty, and then there's Benjamin Franklin Petty. Ben was like, Leeds, you're dead to me. October came and went, and Titan Leeds was still alive. He called Benjamin Franklin a fool and a liar, but it didn't end there. Benjamin Franklin's response to all of this was to put out a publication that said since Lees had died, it was actually his ghost who was calling him these names. He even went as far as to publish an obituary for Leeds. Leeds tried to defend himself, but every time he tried, he would be met with accusations that he was a ghost and that it wasn't actually Titan Leeds talking. Ben Franklin, the original gaslight, gatekeep, girl boss. Oh my god. He's like, like uh uh, you're dead. And no. Leeds is like, bud, I'm clearly not dead. And everyone's like, well, Ben Franklin said it, so he must be dead. He must be dead. And that's the thing he would say is he, Leeds would try to insult him and Benjamin Franklin would just be like, oh, well, Titan Leeds would never say that about me, so it totally. must be his ghost. <laughs> you are but a spirit. <laughs> like, it's just, it's insane. Benjamin Franklin stuck through with this. Leeds' almanac dwindled while Benjamin Franklin became famous for his and Titan Leeds died a few years later. 
for real this time. The rest of the Leeds family was disliked by many due to their British heritage, <laughs> holla, <laughs> and due to their unpopular po- political opinions and possibly as a result of town gossip, they were linked to the occult. Their family crest had dragons on it and it's believed that the Jersey Devil was the result of gossip that came from a very old and honestly ridiculous rivalry. Their crest could actually be seen on some of the almanacs that Leeds put out in the years before his death and it really does resemble the Jersey Devil in a lot of ways. It's a bat-winged, dragon-looking creature standing on its hind legs. It definitely has a bit of an evil look to it. It probably didn't do the Leeds family any favors considering the majority of the people already consider them evil. And we want to say just because they were disliked and people thought they were evil doesn't mean they actually were. We honestly don't know because a lot of this is just gossip and legend. But we do know that back then it didn't take much for people to consider someone or something evil. I mean, look at the two of us. Like, we would have not fared well in the early 1700s. Absolutely not. Which I honestly, I find that to be a compliment of the highest praise. It is. If you wouldn't have been burned at the stake in the 1700s, are you even living your best life? Right? I'm out here wearing my pants and... Getting tattooed. Hell yeah. Smoking weed. (laughs) Absolutely. It would have just sucked back then. yeah. For sure. They would have come knocking on our doors and been like, oh, you're gonna be stoned to death. Oh my god, it'd be horrible. The land that Titan Leeds owned was eventually inherited by his sons and their families, and it was eventually named Leeds Point, which, as we know now, is one of the most common areas for Jersey Devil sightings. What makes it even more interesting is that before the Jersey Devil was called that, it was named the Leeds Devil. Makes sense. And this gets really fascinating for those of us who love the stranger side of history, because there's publications that still exist from the 17 to 1800s regarding the Leeds Devil. For example, in 1859, the Atlantic Monthly published an article that shared different popular folktales in regards to the Leeds Devil, and a newspaper in 1887 describes a sighting that occurred near the Pine Barrens. Wherever he went near it, it would give a most unearthly yell that frightened the dogs. It whipped at every dog on the place. That thing, not a bird, nor an animal, but it is the Leeds Devil, according to the description, and it was born over Evesham, Burlington County, a hundred years ago. There's no mistake about it. I never saw the horrible critter myself, but I can remember well when it was roaming around in Evesham Woods 50 years ago, and when it was hunted by men and dogs and shot at by the best marksmen there were in all South Jersey but could not be killed. There isn't a family in Burlington or any of the adjoining counties that do not know of the Leeds Devil, and it was the bugaboo to frighten children with when I was a boy. And I mean, what better thing to keep kids out of the woods than the potential of a flying dragon monster that may or may not rip out their throats if they get too close to it? It certainly serves as a good cautionary tale. One of the things that makes the story of the Jersey Devil so fascinating is just how many sightings there are. And not just that, but the fact that there have been sightings happening since the early 1700s. Some of them by pretty notable people. I mean, we've already had Ben Franklin make an appearance in this story, and that's already pretty big. Absolutely. The Jersey Devil was also allegedly sighted in 1812 by none other than Joseph Bonaparte, the older brother to Napoleon Bonaparte. He claimed that he saw the Jersey Devil while he was hunting near his estate in Bordertown, New Jersey. I wonder how that conversation went between him and Napoleon. To me, it feels like one of those historical facts that doesn't, like, make sense time-wise. Like, the fact that, like, Anne Frank and Barbara Walters were the same age. Like, knowing that Napoleon had a brother living in New Jersey just doesn't 
feel right. And, like, Napoleon was out doing what he was doing, and then he just had this brother who was, like, out hunting in the Pine Barrens, like, meeting the Jersey Devil. I want to know more about this brother. Obviously, like, America wasn't what we would consider America today, but, like, I think of New Jersey and I think of the Sopranos, and I'm like... What is Napoleon Bonaparte's brother, like, <laughs> doing being a gangster in New Jersey? Like, there's just, like, this weird image in my mind. It honestly just, like, the idea of, like, you don't expect Napoleon Bonaparte no. to come up in a story like this, and it I, just I, blows my mind. I feel mind. like Europeans hundreds of years ago just didn't leave Europe, but which doesn't make any sense. Of course they did. But oh, like, yeah. Yeah, wild. It, it's one of those sides of history that it's just, like, I find it so fascinating, because these are the stories that are just, like really really out there but yeah. they happened like this is true he reported this yeah yeah exactly after this sightings began to increase and soon enough strange footprints were being reported along with unexplained animal attacks and it actually got bad enough that newspapers started publishing warnings to people telling them not to go out at night because the Leeds devil would get them nothing like some public pandemonium to sell some papers captain kidd is said to have buried treasure nearby and the legend has it that he beheaded one of his men so that the ghost would guard the treasure forever worst boss ever right like i can't i would not be volunteering no. I'd be like, mm, not me accounts claim that this headless pirate and the leeds devil became friends and they could be seen walking along the atlantic in the nearby marshlands at least he made some friends yeah, friend. after being beheaded yeah there were also reports of the jersey devil hanging out with some mermaids in 1870 i, I love this. right i love I the love i just it. like picture the Jersey Devil getting, like, his hair braided by, like, yeah, a bunch of mermaids. Yeah, he's, like, sat on a rock and they're all talking shit, like... Yeah, they're gossiping it. about Napoleon and, yeah. like, braiding his <laughs> hair and it's great. Uh, and honestly, like, around this time, there were so many slanderous headlines that were made about the Jersey Devil. Uh, one of them was about him enjoying a ham and egg sandwich with a Republican named Judge French. I just love... Because, like, these days, if you're gonna slander someone, you better make sure that it's believable right? oh yeah whereas these people are like i don't like that judge i saw him eating a ham and egg sandwich with the jersey devil and then everyone's like oh it's published it must be true it must be true then came the devil craze of 1909 this is when things really started to snowball and the legend grew even more in january of 1909 there were almost 1,000 reports of the jersey devil throughout south jersey Navy commander Stephen Decatur was working on testing cannonballs at the Hanover Millworks in the Pine Barrens where he spotted the Jersey Devil flying. So he shot at it with a cannonball and hit it hard enough that it blew a hole through the body of the devil, but it didn't care and continued flying until they could no longer see it. <laughs> it was probably just some kid with a kite whose day got ruined by a fucking cannonball. Right? Like, sir... Either that, or he was just shit-faced drunk, and he was like, yeah, I, I hit it. I don't trust anyone whose first, like, reaction to anything is to shoot a cannonball yeah. at it. Like, ah, oh, the Jersey Devil, how convenient, I'm <laughs> surrounded by cannons. What? <laughs> Doesn't make any sense. Sir, you talking shit. Calm down, <laughs> Stephen, calm down. Strange footprints were found in a nearby field, but there wasn't much that they could do with them because the bloodhounds that they had with them were absolutely petrified of the prints. They refused to follow them and took off. 
This got so bad that schools were even closed. People were legitimately terrified. And even more than that, they wanted answers. Like, what the hell was this thing? Was it really the Satan spawn of Mother Leeds, or was it something else? Scientists and other experts theorized that maybe the creature was a prehistoric creature from the Jurassic period that could have survived in a nearby limestone cave. Other scientists argued that it could be a marsupial carnivore that was undiscovered, or perhaps a physiped that was believed to be extinct. Despite their efforts, no record of anything resembling the Jersey Devil was ever found. The superintendent of the Philadelphia Zoo offered a 10,000 reward for the capture of the animal, but it was never claimed. And that didn't stop animal trainers at the Art Street Museum from making their own Jersey Devil. They painted a kangaroo with green stripes, added a set of fake wings to it, and boasted, Caught here and alive, the Leeds Devil captured Friday after a terrific struggle. Swims, flies, gallops, a living dragon. And they charge people 10 cents a pop to look at their dragon kangaroo, and funny as enough, it took them 20 years to finally admit that it wasn't a real Jersey Devil. 20 years with this poor kangaroo. Oh, this oh, poor painted poor kangaroo. kangaroo. Animal cruelty for right? sure. Right? Oh, Leave the kangaroos alone, people. Oh. Things eventually died down and the sighting stopped until 1927. A cab driver was pulled over on the side of the road to change his tire. He alleged that a large winged creature flew onto the roof of his cab and began banging on it. He was so scared by this sighting that he went to the police. And if you thought that was bad enough, things really hit the fan in the 60s when one evening, several residents of May's Landing heard blood-curdling screams in the middle of the night. Many citizens called the police and reported what they heard, but no one could come up with an explanation. People began to panic, and eventually various wealthy business owners in the area put up a wanted poster for the Jersey Devil. It read... Wanted, reward offered for the capture, dead or alive, of the Leeds monster, also known as the Jersey Devil. This creature is often described as a kangaroo-like patchwork with the face of a horse, the head of a dog, leathery bat wings, horns, small arms with cloven hooves, and a forked tail. It has been reported to move quickly as to avoid human contact, and is often described as emitting a blood-curdling scream. Approach with extreme caution, reward... $250,000. $250,000 in 1960s money. U.S. dollars. Hey, you know, these days, I might just paint a kangaroo for $250,000. For that much money, I will be the Jersey Devil for you. Paint me, throw some wings on me, I will scream anyway for you. I got this. Absolutely. And they weren't the only ones. Police continued to try to keep the peace by telling people that it was a hoax. A circus owner offered $100,000 to anyone who could capture the creature for him. It was safe to say that neither of these rewards were ever actually claimed. Can you imagine having an original copy of oh, one of these posters? Man. That would be so amazing. I want one. I want to frame it and put like a little hoof print Absolutely. on it. Absolutely. I, I love old school design stuff like as a graphic designer. 10 out of 10. I'm not would. big on like, I, I don't believe in ser serial killer merch kind of stuff and artifacts nah. like that. But when it comes to something like this... Yeah, this yeah. yeah, this has a, you know, reasonably, in the grand scheme of things, somewhat innocent story to it. You know, it's just a legend. It's not... Yeah, it's historic. Yeah. It's different. Totally. 
But either way, well into the 60s, the sightings continue. Seriously, there are so many reported sightings of this thing over time that's absolutely wild. We saw this on a smaller scale in our Mothman episode, but the Jersey Devil goes back a lot further and the reports are pretty well endless. Sightings continue to occur through the 60s and the 70s. One evening in 1972, a woman named Mary Ritzer Christensen reported that she was driving home in the middle of the night when she felt what she described as the heebie-jeebies. Suddenly, Mary saw a large towering creature crossing the road about 25 feet in front of her. It was taller than the average man, and she described it as having thick haunches like a goat and a large woolly head. This reminds me of that scene in the movie Signs. Totally, When they're yep. at the birthday party and you see the alien for the first time. Dude. That uh, shit scared me for years. That That's such an iconic scene for me. Like, it just walks right past them for a second, and it's one of the scariest scenes ever. And that's kind of what I picture here. Driving down a dark road when this giant monster thing just crosses past you. Like, nothing is happening while you're literally just sitting there shitting yourself. Yeah, absolutely. It's very much the same as the Mothman thing. It's like, we can laugh and joke about it now and how ridiculous and ha ha ha. But it's like, it's the 70s. Your car, you hear it, no thank you. Oh yeah, absolutely. No, no, no. It didn't take long until animal mutilation started to occur, and we will warn you, obviously, that this is a little bit graphic. We've talked about a hell of a lot worse on this podcast, but this is a palate cleanser episode, so we're just going to give you that little warning. Especially for animals. Yeah, exactly. So, in the 1980s, Wharton State Forest Chief Ranger Alan McFarlane was called out to investigate a brutal scene. A pack of pigs had been killed overnight on a New Jersey farm. At first, it looked like this may have just been an animal attack, but further investigation brought about more questions and answers. The pigs were found with the backs of their heads eaten. Blah. Yeah. Blah. Blah. Don't Mm-mm. like. Nope. They were covered with scratch marks, and their bodies were absolutely torn apart. Oddly enough, there was no blood on the ground. And the other strange thing was that there were no footprints leading to or from the pigs. Could something have flown to them, attacked them, and then flown away? If it did, what kind of animal could be strong enough to do something like this? And this brings us back to an animal that we've talked about before. If you have listened to our Mothman episode, you may remember the Sandhill Crane, a somewhat terrifying gigantic bird that is thought to be what caused the Mothman sightings. Could it also be the cause of the Jersey Devil sightings? The sightings continued onward into the 1980s when a group of friends who were out dirt biking in the Pine Barrens had their own run-in with the Jersey Devil. They were riding down a trail about 100 feet from their campsite when they alleged that all of their bikes stalled and stopped working. As soon as the bikes stopped, the men heard a shrill, blood-curdling scream coming from the woods. They ran back to their site and their friends who had stayed behind claimed that they heard the screaming too. That night, the men went to a local bar and began talking to the bartender about what they had heard. The bartender, without skipping a beat, told them that they had just had an encounter with the Jersey Devil. We aren't kidding when we say these sightings don't stop. Countless people have reported seeing it while driving, sometimes flying through the sky and other times blocking the road. The creature, upon seeing humans, tends to run or fly off, but some people have reported making eye contact with it for a few minutes before it eventually just leaves. And can I just say something? These guys that were out dirt biking, they heard a scream. Can you imagine if you were out and you were lost in the Pine Barrens and you finally hear people and you hear these dirt bikes, you're like, oh, help me, I'm stuck, I broke my leg. And they're like, oh God, it's the Jersey Devil. And they just run away. Right, that occurred to me too. But like in the moment, well, you know what? I was gonna say in the moment, you'd be like, 
no, I need to go help this person. They hadn't heard of the Jersey Devil, obviously. Or if they had, they didn't immediately jump to that conclusion. Because oh, it was absolutely. the bartender that was like, yo. But it's like, I love that they heard a scream and they were like, yeah, we're not fucking investigating That's that. a really good point, actually. You're right. Because they had no clue what it was. They just heard screaming and they like went For the all other they knew, way. someone was being shanked to death. That could the- have been like someone's grandma that got lost in the woods. And she's like, I'm not the Jersey Devil. And they're like, yes, you are. But then like... Did their bikes all stall at once? Is that just a little bit of sprinkling right? on the story to make it eerier? I don't know. I I, I want to believe people because like this is a cool story. If it <laughs> they is true. probably like left someone's grandma in the woods, and then afterwards they were talking about it, and they were like, "Oh yeah, yeah, no, our bikes died. It was so scary, so we had to leave." Oh my god, can you imagine? They're all just full of shit. <laughs> Way to go, fellas. Way to go. And this brings us to 2015 when Little Egg Harbor resident David Black claims he finally captured a photo of the Jersey Devil. And before we get into this, we're going to actually stop. We're going to pull up a photo of this thing for us so that we can truly envision the Jersey Devil. Okay, got it. All right, so we brought up the photo. (laughs) Continue. Oh my god, it's ridiculous. Okay, so David Black says that he was driving along Route 9 near a golf course when he saw what he thought was a llama walking around in the tree line. Sorry, tree line. Suddenly, the creature spread out its massive wings and began to fly away. David grabbed his phone and snapped what is now the most famous photo of the Jersey Devil. (laughs) If you're watching this on YouTube, we're going to put up the picture right now. Otherwise, we're going to post it on our socials, but, like, check this thing out. I love it. Look at it. It's... It's so fucking good, dude. And like I we were I was just saying off mic, it looks like bad taxidermy. It, it looks does. like someone was getting a little experimentation. You know how people make like the mice on stripper poles and stuff nowadays? <laughs> yep, yep. Like I'm getting a vibe. <laughs> someone took their like taxidermy winged goat and catapulted it across the sky. Yeah. This was probably a bachelor party that was just getting a little rowdy. <laughs> Or maybe, it. or maybe like a university fraternity, like hazing or something. Oh my They're like, God. yeah, you gotta yeet the goat. I, I guess hope no goats were harmed oh, in the making man. of this Jersey not. Devil video. I, I hope not. A few days after David's sighting, a woman named Emily Martin shot a video of what looks like the same creature in an area nearby. Both Emily and David swear that they did not edit any of this and that the photo and video are both completely real. What do you guys think? I, I don't know. Because. <laughs> The image is ridiculous, but you know what they fucking say. Truth is stranger than fiction. Like, uh... on If that is what the Jersey Devil looks like, I will openly say I would gladly keep one as a pet. And your home, you, and Mm -hmm. those of you listening as well, Charlotte and those of you listening, go watch The Witch. Oh, yeah, uh, it's because for sure on my the, list. The, I have a list Because the movie Halloween. revolves around a black demonic goat. Love that. Yo. Classic. Right there. There's Classic. your demon goat. So, there we go. <laughs> the Jersey Devil is really everything we love in a cryptid. It's got that rich history, numerous sightings, and overall is just a wild tale. It's so much more than just a monster, you guys. Whether you believe in the Jersey Devil itself or not, there is no arguing that this legend is very real. In 1939, the Jersey Devil was named the official state demon and even has its own pages on the official website in New Jersey. It's truly a part of their history that they've embraced. And I mean, New Jersey even named their hockey.
hockey team after it. Right? It's just a part of life for many people. Former Governor Walter Edge once said, When I was a boy, I was never threatened by the boogeyman. We were threatened by the Jersey Devil, morning, noon, and night. And you can really see this when you watch even, like, the more current interviews from people who live in the area. They're scared of it. Like, yeah. you can tell. Some, I, some people you can kind of tell by watching that it's just bullshit, but there are some people where I watch the interviews because, oh, I went down a goddamn wormhole here. <laughs> and, like, there's some people where you watch them and you can see it in their eyes. Like, that person believes what they are saying. They were probably, because it's, like, told to them, you know, if you grow up in Jersey, yeah. right? So, like, it's probably, like, you're almost kind of brainwashed. Like, yeah, he'll come and get you. And if we have any listeners from the area yes. or who have visited that area, we want to know, like... If you grew up with this, how much was it present in your lives? Yeah, because... or, like, have you seen it? Because, like, that'd be fucking Okay, cool. hello. If you've seen the Jersey Devil, we want to talk to you, like, now. Yeah, absolutely. There's an interview, actually, with Henry Leeds, who is the last remaining member of the Leeds bloodline in the area. He took a group of monster hunters to what he believes is the site where the Jersey Devil was born. I want to be a monster hunter! <laughs> I, this, this episode has awakened that in me. I, like, have all these memories of being, like, ten and wanting to, like, find monsters in the forest and this is just like who this is my origin story okay <laughs> it is i love it I so love it. the house it's now completely dilapidated the roof and the walls are mostly caved in but many along with henry believe that this is where mother Leeds gave birth on that dark and stormy night there are still people actively trying to prove or disprove the jersey devil hopefully someday we'll know if this thing is real or not but honestly whether you believe in it or not you can't deny that the jersey devil has earned its place in american history whether it's real or not the legend of the jersey devil is very very real absolutely and with that that's it there we go the jersey devil i i liked this one this is a fun uh, episode honestly jersey devil the Grim Curriculum loves you. Yeah, you and Mothman, yeah. homies. Oh, man, we love you. You got a special plate in our heart. Plate? You got a special plate in plate. our hearts. Don't eat the Jersey Devil. <laughs> oh, he gonna eat you, though. You know what? He will, just because we said that. It really is fun to take a break from the truly dark and terrible stuff that we talk about and look at some of the more outlandish topics that are out there. Not that this isn't scary, because the Jersey Devil could probably get you at any minute, so be careful what you say. Yeah, you never know. Yeah, yeah. Because, like, I mean, it might come and eat your brain. It's going to come 4,000 miles away, but it will come get us. Hey, it can fly. I don't know what the flight speed of a Jersey Devil is. Yeah, there you go. Hey, is he in um that show that you were telling me about, the where it's all the, like, deep state? No, that's Mothman. They have Mothman and Bigfoot. They do not have the Jersey Devil oh, on that show. missing out. Okay, so with all that said, you guys, make sure you don't miss out on the Grim Curriculum news by following us on Insta at The Grim Curriculum and Grim Curriculum on Twitter. You can also find us on social media. I'm Dina V on Twitch, Dina V IG on Instagram, and Dina V tweets on Twitter. And I'm Ominous underscore Walrus on Twitter and Ominous Walrus on Instagram. Join us every Saturday for a new episode. We also do a live premiere on YouTube at 12 p.m. MST, so come hang out with us and discuss the episode in real time. Thanks as always for listening. This has been The, the Grim, Grim Curriculum. Curriculum.